Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it. Ah, yeah, you are invited. Ah, needing therapy. I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. And we are a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, in, in quarantine, quarantine, we talk to good friends and great, great comedians. comedians about love, romance, and everything, and everything in between. In between. <laughs> Stupid. It's so silly, but... Hey, let's have a contest. Talk. Write us a better <laughs> intro for to explain what the show is like in quarantine. Yes, yes. That'd and you'll get uh, a shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, how's that? You got a shirt. Yeah, if you come up with something better, because I'm like, our brains are fried. You guys. Fried by quar. Fried by quar. Fried by quar. Sounds like I'm speaking um, some kind of Quebecois. <laughs> Quebecois. 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 So, friends, uh, we here's your weekly relief from Hell 2020. And what a relief it is, because this is a, a friend of ours today. I know it's a real blast from my past. You've already heard her beautiful voice. Today, we answer your relationship questions and get into it with actress Genevieve Angelson. Now, Genevieve, not only is Angelson. she- Angelson. Angelson. <laughs> God damn it. Genevieve. All this time I've known Text her. us and let us know. <laughs> uh, not only uh, is she a uh, friend, a uh, fan of the show. But she's also in one of our favorite shows. Yes. You've seen Genevieve on shows like House of Lies, Good Girls Revolt, and Flack. Flack, Flack, you guys. We live for Flack. Shit. If you have not seen Flack, it was on here in the States. It was on Pop TV. Right. It's a British show. And uh, I think it's going to be on Amazon in the future. Yes, the next, the second season. But it's so, you guys, it's really, it's in deep. Uh, Genevieve and Anna Paquin play sisters. There's tension. There's romance. There's sensuality. So there's, much is happening on this show. There's comedy. There's comedy. I would classify this as a dramedy. Would you? Okay. 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 <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I agree. Uh, so yeah. So uh, we talked to Genevieve for a while. Answer your questions. And you know what? I don't have to tease it. You're gonna listen. You're gonna listen to it. You're you gonna listen to it. So before we get there, though, Naomi, two things. One. Every Wednesday, which means tomorrow, yep, we do our show on Twitch. Now, because of the quarantine, we moved our live show over to the internet. Yes. We've stripped it down. We put it online. You can go to twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod every Wednesday at 2 p.m. PST. And it's a magical hour. Yeah. We have fun. We get together. We Join the couples therapy quarantine crew. It's a real family affair. <laughs> and finally, you know what, folks? Because we're doing these advice episodes, we need your advice questions. You can always DM us on Instagram or Twitter, but... The very best. But we love to hear your voice. We love to know where you are coming from vocally. And to do that, you can leave a voice message if you call 323-524-7839. Again, (laughs) 323-524-7839. So you guys... I think we're done with the housekeeping. Now you can listen to Genevieve. Roll it. 
Hi, guys. Hi, hello, Genevieve. Hello, hello. How are you? I yes. am, you know, I'm actually <laughs> doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> you look fresh. You know what I mean? Oh, like you don't you look so much. Like you don't look, um, your eyes don't look haunted. You don't look like you've given up. No, a nightgown and just a swipe of mascara. That's my Zoom look. That's my go-to. Mm-hmm. That's it's funny. Normally, like mine, I do a little bit of lip color, and it's already come off, of course, because I like chugged some apple juice. But yeah, chugged an apple juice. But I like pop a color on the lip. That really lets people know I tried for the Zoom. But <laughs> I don't. Me. I don't want you to try. I want to feel like I'm just. We're in the room. We're together. We're a family. I would be. I think <laughs> offended by trying too hard. Andy, you've tried yes. too hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, he showered. You want, he's you showered. want cinema verite. You want Dogma 95. You want reality. Dogma 95. I just want to feel close. I want to feel cozy. I want to be in the room with somebody for once. Yes. <laughs> 90s Lars von Trier is what you, is what you were all Instructions. after. Oh, that's what that movie was. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Genevieve, you know, I'm going to start off with the gush. Andy and I, are. we love the show Flat. Mm-hmm. We love the program. Yeah. We love you on it. You stun me. You slay me. Yes. You know, normally it's hard. I have a hard time watching a friend on a show because, like, I can't get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I see them as them. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you that they're uh, jealousy. Oh, well, no, the jealousy, but not for Genevieve. Not for Genevieve. She's just so classically trained. Um, <laughs> but I was like, but the thing is, it's funny because the one thing I was like, Genevieve's not a mother. Like, of course, like, my brain, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you see someone, you're like, I know them. But, like, you truly transported me. You took me on a journey. You and Anna Paquin get into these fights. You get into these fights. And I said, where are the Emmys? Where are the noms? Um, I say where are the viewers is what I say, because I'm fairly certain that you two are the only two people who have seen this show. But I am hoping that that's going to change when we go to Amazon in a couple oh. of months. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, that's thank awesome. God. That's yeah. right. Okay, you we guys. Had to, uh, we had to find it through uh, surreptitious means online. We had to go on the I, dark web. I had yeah. to find it through you guys. I was. You had seen season two before I'd seen it because for the listeners, this is a show that is, um, it's a British show that was originally on Pop and then Pop like canceled everything except for Schitt's mm-hmm. Creek. Um, and so, so we'd weird. shot a second. It was very weird. And then, so we'd shot this second season and um, sort of had nowhere to put, put it. <laughs> and then there was a and then there was a pandemic, and people were looking for content. And Amazon bought us, so oh, we'll be coming good. out. I, I think the latest I heard is January. No, but thank you so much. I really love that show. Look, it's normally so I would say we should uh, skin Bezos alive, right, for right. his many uh, economic crimes, right. but. For his, uh, his, uh, what, what should we say? What's the opposite of a crime? His good uh, deed? His a good kindness. De- his his kindness artistic kindness. Of yeah. giving Flack a home. I will give him a yes. little bit. <laughs> I will give him credit for yes. that. Yes. So, uh, yes. Uh, we love Flack. Uh, big fans of yours. And Stop. This is so backwards. <laughs> I have been listening since the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean Wesleyan. <laughs> Naomi and I went to college together, and she coined. Uh, there's this thing where, um, if someone ever gives you a nickname that's like too good, it ruins you. And then <laughs> you're just gonna try to like kind of forever be getting other people to pick up on this nickname, which nobody <laughs> ever ever will. But Naomi used to call me Joie de Vivre instead of Genevieve, and it Must. was I pe- I peaked age 18. <laughs> well, it was just so funny because Genevieve, because you know I'm always saying these young girls. 
you know, Genevieve and her friend Eliza, who I still, I've seen her recently too. They were freshmen when I was a senior or junior. Wait, Eliza is losing it right now that she's being quoted because Eliza is a constant listener to this show as well. Oh, yes. But both of you were like, they were the young girls. They kept me young. You know what I mean? Like when I was like junior, senior and like these gals, you know, they come in with their energy. They're coming with their life. Literally everyone in. keeps you young because you are uh, an old soul. You are an inside grandma. You That's are. true. That's true. But in I your heart is a rocking chair and a bonnet. But Genevieve can attest. I was out in those streets in, as a college student. <laughs> I was out there. I was making mistakes. I was active. I was depressed. You, you know, were giving it was all Mad happening. Werther's originals. I was, that's what we call the sex act, a Werther's original. <laughs> um, I was out there. I was young and fun, wasn't I, Genevieve? Oh, my God. The youngest and the funnest. Also, like, funny to think of Eliza and I as young, since I feel like we were just the two curmudgeonly parliament smokers, like, <laughs> standing outside the <laughs> library being like, what good is anything? <laughs> it was like very, like they were very like the New York girls. You know what I mean? Like Manhattanites who were in little Middletown, Connecticut. And they're like, I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> they were very like jaded. So did all of you connect on that tip? For being from New York and being in this small town and being like these hicks that just fell <laughs> off this rutabaga truck. I don't, I mean, I think Naomi was thriving every day. Naomi was like popular. Naomi was thriving every day of college. She was college in it. Was she was the best time of my group. life. <laughs> Is that because you were Same. handing out Werther's Originals? I, yep, I was handing out Werther's Originals. I peaked. I really did peak in 2004, you know, and just, that's fine. That's fine to accept that. Um, but like, Genevieve, did you go to grad school right after college? Or no, did you take I, time? No, I, I did an acting class right after college and applied that year for, for NYU, yeah. But like, that was pretty soon so after. Like, you year. just knew, mm -hmm. like, as soon as you graduated. Because, like, I didn't, again, because we didn't overlap much. I was like, I didn't know you as an actor. Do I didn't I mean? do any acting. No, no. I came from a normal family who <laughs> very much wanted me to be a person who, like, had resources and a roof over her head and so uh -huh. encouraged me to do absolutely anything else other than acting and I really <laughs> tried and um I gosh I think it was sort of like when I was really really brushing up against genuine alcoholism that I was like I think I better try to be an actor or I'm gonna be a drunk <laughs> and I, at some point yeah. just okay. uh -huh. yeah okay. and then my senior year I was like I think I'm gonna try this it's very embarrassing to try to become an actor when you're what I thought was like completely over the hill for being huh? an actor which was I want to punch 21. you in the throat girl okay. no, I want to punch myself in the throat <laughs> disaster I didn't come to this until I was 30 so I'm just starting yes. and I'm if, if I'm over 30 if, if, something. That was, if what like 22 was over the hill then I am like I've gone over the hill. I've gone over another one. Now I'm in a grave. <laughs> but no, it so speaks to something inside me, which is that I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was just really important to be young and beautiful. And that was uh -huh. going to be the only way that I was able to be successful. And it was a huge leap of faith for me to, someone actually, someone actually said to me, why would you spend your ingenue years in graduate school? That's a terrible idea. And your ingenue years. Your ingenue right. years. That's right. Oh, oh I, God. I honestly thought about it, and I was like, look, I'm either going to be doing plays at Lincoln Center when I'm 68, or I'm going to be doing guest stars on Army Wives for the next two years. And <laughs> I don't know how to 
do plays oh my God, like I forgot Center, about so I... Army Wives. I forgot you were at Army Wives. Lifetime, <laughs> original series, seven seasons. How did you forget? How did you ever know that I was on <laughs> Army Wives? That's oh, because I'm sure I was in a jealousy rabbit hole looking at other people's credits and just saying, my God, my God, if I was thin, the <laughs> options, the opportunities. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just like, no, like I'll, you know, I no longer, I'm trying to remove the shame around the jealousy so that I was the jealousy in... doesn't take hold. Just today, this but hours ago, I was listing the names of the actors who I call in my fish tank because they eat all my food. <laughs> like the people that you see at your auditions right. every single time, and you're like, "Yep, you're about to fucking yeah. steal." Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Yes. What are you talking about? Yeah. Say whatever you want. Okay. You've been in a British show before. You can even say the c word if you feel like it. <laughs> that, that's a term of affection. The Z word. Oh my god. <laughs> or the T word. I know. Isn't it like it's so? It's so sick. What's the T word? Twat. Oh, Twat. Twat. oh yeah. Sure. I guess I can just say it. It's a yeah. British. <laughs> but um, no, I know what you mean though. Like that, like that jealousy and that insanity. But um. Wait, when you were you said you you were bumping up against alcoholism. Do you like really mean that? Was it because you were like, you you were unhappy and you were trying to, um. Like you like couldn't face it. You wanted to be an actor, and you were just kind of like drowning. Absolutely, I was. Hmm, no, I don't think it was. Oh gosh, I'm supposed to be an actor, and I can't be one, so I'm gonna really drink. Naomi can. To anyone who's ever been to Wesley, and this is like me, fully with a magnum of white wine between my legs as I'm driving to Eclectic, smoking Oof. a stack of cigarettes. Like I, I mean, oh, of having like taken three Adderall that day. I mean, I was just. I feel like I. I just had this excess of temperament and I didn't have anywhere to put it. And I had this kind of, this feeling of um, like a guillotine hanging over me if I didn't get all A's and, and do something that earned me some kind of success. And I was absolutely certain that I was not a good actor because I wasn't, because I didn't know how. And mm. so I just tried to be good at something and that something left me with... Um, all of this pent up energy that I just boozed and like <laughs> I don't know yeah. flirted with MGMT and <laughs> did all the other classic Wesleyan things. Uh, uh, MGMT is a Wesleyan was, was a Wesleyan band just yes, for the list before they be, before they became stars. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the journey. That's what was their journey? Hit. <laughs> <laughs> I, but no, that resonated with me. It, it was different for me because uh, I was always scared of uh, alcohol and drugs and everything. <laughs> putting anything foreign into my body that wasn't. Andy doesn't like the taste. Can you imagine? I was like, who oh does? He's just that precious, precious peanut. He's a precious peanut. He's a little precious peanut. Putting anything foreign into my body that wasn't cheese was <laughs> a scary proposition. Oh, so delicate. But what? But that? But it was is the same. Like I could not. I couldn't. I. I was. I. I. I couldn't even identify it. It wasn't even a conscious thought of what I want. That I really wanted to do this, and take the risk. And so it was just all pushed down. And for me, it came out as like anger. And then I just like, sure. why am I angry all the time? What's going on here? What's uh? <laughs> Wait, is is this what life is? We're, you're just frustrated, and it's just drudgery, and you're you're just like screaming inside. Yeah, you're like a dry drunk without ever actually having been a wet drunk. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a desert drunk. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So so dry, and there's never been any water. 
Yeah. I think they just call that a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Sister, I know. I mean, I know that. I mean, I felt that same way. Like, I was very, you know, all it's all I ever wanted. And then I never thought it was possible first because I truly didn't know how. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up knowing people. Like, grow up in New York, you see it. And I remember there was, like, you know, I wanted to. I was like, I want to be a Broadway actor because you only work two hours a day is what I thought. So I love that I've always had a dream but been lazy. And, but like, I that's also a, think, sorry, I was just know. thinking that, like, at Dalton and at Brearley, which is where I went, it's like you've already been told you're so good at something and that thing is not the arts like you got mm-hmm. into this school and so few people get into this school so you better hold on to that thing that you're good at and like yeah. go to a good college and I just sort of feel like certain things I'm very very grateful were reinforced for me and those things were not my um creativity uh-huh. uh and so hmm. Yeah, and I think it. I think it only kind of gets more dangerous to make that, to make that decision. Although I'm really grateful that like I went to real person college and I have some skills. And <laughs> I, I I read some books. I never took, I never took a single art history class, which is, uh, sad, and shameful. <laughs> is it? I've never taken I one. I okay. took one. I Are took you one. You gotta learn about Renoir somewhere, Naomi. You gotta learn about uh. Look, 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 look. Degas, he loved himself a ballerina. Done. Art history. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay? Picasso, Cray. Degas, love ballerinas. You're done. You're done. I've been listening to a lot of Ask Rana. I've been listening to a lot of Ask Rana, so I just am really into staying, like, declarative statements. (laughs) I have two, no, I have three podcasts. Yours, Ask Rana, and Throwing Shade, pretty much. Wow. Because I'll I'll go to anything Brian Safi has ever touched. Yes, same. Hey, he's touched us. <laughs> Both she- in our hearts, and he's I'm sure he's put an arm around our shoulder or something. <laughs> well, I'll go check my diary and see what I wrote about the time we saw him. Um, so, you know, you said you weren't really being reinforced in that way. I mean, but you did, you know, you, you were professional pretty early. You know, you went to school, and then you started to work. Once you were working in it, you know, like earning your income, did your family's view on it change? Change? Oh my God! Yes, yes, okay. yes. So like yes, they yes. wanted you to just work. Basically. They, my parents are, you know, they are two kids from New Jersey who, you know, worked incredibly hard to have this beautiful life that they have now, and they didn't want me to throw it all away. Right. They didn't. Right, right, right. I mean, I think that they honestly just had don't know a lot of at that point didn't know a lot of artists and um, just wanted me to make money. Sure, they're from Jersey. Be happy, yeah. Yeah, What are they, they, uh, swamp merchants? What do you do if you're from Jersey? Wait, what is a swamp merchant? You go to the wetlands and you sell, uh, (laughs) you you suck the swamp into jars and you sell it. What a, it's it's either that you you're you're a rock musician you're in uh uh-huh, uh-huh. the bosses you're in the E Street Band or right, Titus right, Andronicus right. or you sell Swampland okay. or what else, what what else do you do in Jersey? I don't know, Andrew. You're in the <laughs> E Street Band. That's an option. That's an option for every so wait, Jersey. Wait, I mean, what what did your parents do for a living? So my mom actually works for um, a an off well first of all she was um, she raised us and then when I was in high school she went to work for this off Broadway theater company called um, Classic Stage Company and she started as an intern and now she's got she got her name on the theater that oh lady my goodness. so she did a, she worked real hard and then 
Uh, my dad has had um, a journey. He was a lawyer and a businessman, and um, now he actually works for Rutgers. That is how very much from New Jersey he is. <laughs> okay, so that's the third thing. You work for uh, Jersey School. Yeah, you yeah. work for mm-hmm. Rutgers, specifically Rutgers. <laughs> um, so now let's talk a little bit about your romantic life, you know, because as we answer people's relationship questions, we do like to give them a touch of backstory, you know, to let them know where you're coming from. Well, I have an exclusive. Okay. You bring us the CT exclusive. Uh, guys, I'm single. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, look, you weren't. <laughs> she sips a LaCroix. For, for the listener, she sips a LaCroix knowingly. Single and back out on the market or single and uh, chilling? Uh, well, <laughs> um, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I am chill on the market. I, uh, <laughs> I, I am single and I am navigating this fascinating time. And I have a hack that I would like to share with the listeners. Please. You got to find yourself someone who is quarantining with their parents because you know that person is safe. I am Bubble Boy. I have done some research. I have made a connection, and that connection is quarantined with his parents, and it is, oh my God, edit this out. But that is the only way to do it. That is the only way that you know that you're safe, when the collateral is murdering the people who gave life to you, then you know that you can go on a date. Wow. Well, you do live in America, though, where... uh, the uh, where people don't really care about their parents a lot. <laughs> so, but uh, wait. So uh, the, the last time we had talked to you, though, you were in a relation. Mm-hmm. But then, the, yes, did it end? Because you've been away from LA for you know again you quarantine. So like, was it due to you being across the Guys, country? Guys, I'm gonna lie down for this since we're doing <laughs> oh, this. I'm just gonna gosh. I'm gonna lie down. I'm gonna just oh grab my myself God. a look right. Um, I was oh, okay. Uh, I was in a relationship for a year with, like, one of the great men walking the planet. Wow. And um, truly, truly one of the great men. And um, we broke up a month ago. We'd been together for a year. And, you know, I think it was just kind of this... It was just kind of this pivotal moment for me as a woman in my 30s of, oh, my gosh, I have this great guy... I don't feel like he's the right person for me. Who am I to feel that? Mm-hmm. If he's so great, mm-hmm. if I'm in my 30s, if my, my friends have children, if um, uh, who am I to, to want more, to feel dissatisfied? And I, I, it was just sort of this moment of, um, well, I do, and I am, and who am I? I'm, I'm Genevieve Angelson, and I'm going to go carve out my happiness. And I know that he's, yeah, and I know that he's doing that too. And, um, and it's this interesting thing of like knowing that you're getting out of the way for the right person to come into that person's life, but um, not an easy decision when you're really, when you can't point to, um, when you can't point to. Oh, I'm struggling to find like the a words. flaw or an action they did that was so wrong. Yeah, yeah. When it's just when it's just not something that you can effort into working. You yeah. Know? 
when the chemistry, when there's like something off about it and you can't, I think that's, that's something that we like, we tend to essentialize everything in, I don't know about like the world, but like say Western culture, we tend to say like everything is, is reified a thing. And if you can't pinpoint it, you haven't found the right thing as opposed to like, no, everything is a relationship between people and to understand who you are as a person or like a romantic relationship or something like that is not to understand something about you or something about the other person is to understand you in relation to that other person and that other person in relation to you. Right. 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 right? And, and there, there's this gap between that and the way we talk about things where we, we try to like find these traits or we try to, and, and, and so like a lot of times it is nameless cause we don't have, it's just like, well, the, the, way that we relate to each other there is something lacking in that or it is not sparking the correct emotions in me right so you have to so so as a result you're not well here, you're not the person for me it's kind of like it's right like, but you nothing's can't, wrong it's just not right but i, I saw and that's like the difference yeah as genevieve was talking I, I was i could see you were like you're struggling and i'm trying to say that like like it's okay not to struggle. It's okay to to uh, to be like, yes, there is something about this, the way that we relate to each other that is that is that is not. Uh, it, the, my insides are not charged correctly. <laughs> Do I sound like I'm struggling? I'm actually not struggling. The amazing thing has been like, because the relationship that wasn't right for me is not in my life anymore. It's like, it's cleared, it's like scorched the earth and cleared (laughs) way for like all of my shadow, like all of the things that I, all of the things that I think about myself that I am afraid, all of my, what are the words? Oh, my like base self, all of the things that say, um, you're not as valuable as you were when you were last dating because of the beliefs you have about yourself based on your age, your appearance, your um, what it means about you that you're this age and single, um, that uh, based on who else is out there, it's judgment of other people. And it's actually been like this unbelievable, um, this is, sounds so LA for someone recording from New York, but like just this unbelievable doorway into the divine. So it's like, so LA. Uh-huh. So LA. So totally LA. Um, it's just reeks of plant medicine. But it, it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's just, it's actually caused me to like get in the ring with all of the things I think about myself, stare them in the eye, and then jump into the wolf's mouth and like kill it from the inside. And Jesus. as a result of which, I've never felt, I've honestly never felt calmer, sexier, um, like, more interested in what men are gonna do for me rather than like what am I what do I have to offer to like why am I choosable it's more like what do I want to choose and who is going to fascinate me and Mm -hmm. if I'm not fascinated like feeling absolutely no um it's so funny I was just having a, a conversation with a man the other day and I I was just able to sort of say it like without any like not having had anything to drink no like just with total ease like I am not I'm no longer comfortable and I th- I think I'd like this to be over and it was just so it just wow. came right out of my mouth and and huge because I gave that person the dignity of saying that he was like yeah I totally get that and it's like the world is just meeting me at my level so I'm so grateful that you know the sand it's the sand that makes the pearl you know do you 
do you mind telling me what he did that made you uncomfortable unless it was like bad, bad. you know what I mean? Like, was it just something he said? Nothing. Because I fantasize all the time, like, or not fantasize, not now, but like looking back in the past where I'm like, why was I so, like there's so many times when like, you're on a date, I'm sure you've had this where you're just like, this is not working or I don't like you or I'm feeling bad yes. and I wish I could just get up and go. All the all the okay Cuba dates I went on before <laughs> I met you. I mean, right, but it's like, we never do that. We never like just literally get up and just decide to save both people time, you know, being like, I'm not having fun here. You should go eat a meal with someone else. You know, like we never do that. And so yes, because like, of pole whiteness. Pull, I was trying to come up with a fun, I was trying to, I was trying to do you, Nami. Politeness, um, po- but it's white politeness. Oh, white politeness. Because I, th- I think it's very, I think it's it's very no, like I think it's wasp, a- waspy in America. But it's also like gendered in the sense that I think that sometimes women, I, look, I can, let me not even speak for the gender. I know I am afraid often of um, offending a man or upsetting a man, especially a man I don't know well because I don't know what his reaction is going to be. Like I don't. I'm want excited a guy by it. I, I don't mean to toot. <laughs> no, I I don't mean to toot my own horn. I don't know why I toot my own horn. What am I, Andy Beckerman? I don't mean. <laughs> I just uh, I just describe myself as though that thing that I said were like a new thing about me. Actually, I've always been that person. Really, I I really have. I have. Um, a very candid, I'd be happy to share it with you. I have a very candid um, form text that is exactly how I um, break up with people that I don't want to see anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is amazing what happens when you give people the dignity of telling them the truth. It really, it's just like all of the, the things that I would be afraid of are going to happen as a person who is um, highly sensitive to the mood changes in a man near me it makes me feel very nervous um all of those things that i'm afraid of never happen because dudes Mm. actually just want to know the truth so um the answer to your earlier question was he had done nothing Mm -hmm. i this was actually my baggage where i was had been talking to this person for a couple of hours and i have an out like i i have a limit i just there's (laughs) a certain thing that happens for me after like Oh gosh, two hours where I'm done, and it yeah. actually takes me a lot of energy to push through that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm an introvert or if I'm an extrovert with trauma, but like I just, <laughs> I have, there is a there is a time at which it is appropriate for me to eject, and so instead of like describing myself as somehow like weird or damaged or or describing any flaw in him, I just said, you know, I'm not comfortable and I'm done. And yeah. it was like so dignified, but I will I will share my my form text with you if you're interested. I do I have found it's helped many friends. There are so many men who have received this from me. Okay, <laughs> it goes like this: Dear, fill in the blank. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, thank you so much for fill in the blank, whether it be dinner or whatever. I have had such a good time. Fill in the blank and fill in the blank you use specific examples like getting then to you, know you and yeah, okay. no, 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 ice no. skating it's, and going oh. to the comic book store that's okay. right that's oh. right such a good time talking about greek wine and um <laughs> and how much you love my dog uh-huh. um insert personal joke lol uh-huh. 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 uh in the spirit of full transparency i feel yes. like i should tell you that i don't feel this developing in a romantic direction um I thought that you would want to know that. I am 
still totally down to stay connected if that's something that makes you feel comfortable. But if it doesn't, I understand that too. And I'm wishing you all good things. Wow. 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 That's a lot, you know? It's kind. It's not personal. It's just about this isn't developing Well, see, I I would say this this is, you know, I enjoyed talking about Greek wine and how much you love my dog. You're really giving these specifics. And then you give a little joke and you kind of reel them in with the warmth. But and then you saying, go, boom! It's <laughs> saying, I was there too. That thing that you felt, I also felt that. We had this, we were connected in that experience. And what I'm mm, telling you is, okay. mm-hmm. I, giving my, like, I don't know you shit. We met a couple times. Right, I, right, right, right. We get to try and it gets to not, it, listen, dating is danger. It's taking a it personal is, risk. You might is. get your feelings hurt. You don't know. You've been married for 25 years. <laughs> I have been out in these streets. Honey, I know about the streets. <laughs> That's why I hurried up and locked his ass down. I said, I can't go back out there. Because oh. I knew about the streets. And I said, you are a good soul. Now, that is a, no, but that is a good, I mean, you're right. And it's like the being direct is best. Um, it is, but like, it's interesting because you've talked about some of these like internal struggles and the insecurities, but it does seem like you are very... Direct. Confident. Yeah, confident and like direct in your dealings with people, as you said, even before, you know, stuff went on. And like, how did that, how did that happen? I'm, <laughs> what are, I what are very, confidence? I think it's called splitting. It's like, um, I don't, this is, this is psychology, but it's where you can either be someone who sees herself as like wildly magnificent or an actual total piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's exactly that. I have natural confidence and um and fragile self-esteem but it's different i i think self-esteem is i think um confidence seems more like event-based and self-esteem is like uh your internal uh, state kind of an existential state of self-valuing yeah that that's more of a a process for me Mm -hmm. i went to a chiropractor the other day and Oh my God, he, this is going to be too much for the, for the listening audience, but all he had me say, first of all, chiropractor, who, never. I'm terrified. I know I'm terrified of them. That ne- never gone. Um, he pushed on my arm, asked me what happened when I was 13 years old. I said, oh my God, I don't know. And then he told me, uh, all I had to say was that I deeply and profoundly accept myself. Okay. This is not a chiropractor. This is witchy. As what are you still- telling me? full-blown witch and I I found just saying that sentence to be so utterly impossible because wow. as a woman I just feel like I can love myself but accepting myself means that I'm not I'm not like gonna fix it and I want oh. you to know I want you all to know I'm gonna fix it I'm right, working right. on it <laughs> this yes. isn't the end product this is gonna this is gonna get yes. better yes, yes, yes. and to have to just like accept myself right now mm-hmm. oh. I know my mind no, but, but at the same time, I don't, I feel like acceptance, you have to accept yourself in order to make the change. Or this is what I feel for me. I know, like, especially myself around food or exercise, you know, when it comes out of you're a fat piece of shit, it is. In now, your brain? Yes. Then that means whatever, whatever action I'm taking is a punishment. You see what I'm saying? You, when it comes out of the it, negativity. But if it comes out of a, like, I want to feel better then I'm more actually likely to do it as opposed to being like, well, you better run, you fat sack of trash. And it's like, well, uh, who wants to right. do that? Well, but if that it's just like, I'm sick of being like sedentary. Now that'll actually make me do something like, and also today I saw 
we the three of us we all beloved this comedian Deborah DiGiovanni, true queen. You'll also you know, you can obviously find her on Twitter and she's, she's been lived. on the show many times, many a show. She but she was saying how she was like I'm. She tweeted about like being like I'm. I'm not gonna try to like lose weight any right anymore. She was like, because whenever I try, it just makes me crazy, and then I binge, and like you know the cycle of like. She's like, I think I'm just gonna like myself right now, and it's like, and you know, and so many people obviously were very, people were very um, supportive in the comments, but one other than Lori Kilmartin was like, yes, free up that brain space, and it's like that's what it is to me. I was like, like that's the thing. It's like Deborah's not saying I give up on myself. She's like, I'm just gonna stop like making this the constant focus of my time and like berating myself and hurting myself when I don't do the thing. Sure. Well, you know, we have a lot of this food and exercise stuff in common. And I think it's, um, it's unbelievable trying to get through a pandemic without an eating disorder. It's because it's such an incredibly effective full-time job. If you are willing to really devote yourself to, um, the kind of, hourly feedback that over exercising and planning out every single tiny little morsel of food that's going to go into your mouth it can really it can I just you kind of have to befriend it and say like oh thank you so much you've done so much to fill my time so I didn't have to sit with the crippling loneliness and <laughs> yeah like I don't know this has been a pandemic of like oh my gosh crippling loneliness like cool cool <laughs> come, come sit next to me come sit next to me I'm going to I'm going to put my arm around you. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Yeah. There's uh, How did we get here? I love it. <laughs> this it is the only place chiropractor. I oh, By the God, way, the let witch. me just say, do not go back to the chiropractor. Chiropractors are not medical. They're not licensed. No, I'm terrified they're, of They're them. not. Uh, chiropractor killed my friend's sister. What? Wrong. I don't want. This is. I. I don't want to say their name, of course. Uh, but the, uh, they were, uh, they, I mean, they're a model. They're like, there are news reports about this. this is, I'm not just saying this as like a, uh, basically the chiropractor hit the wrong nerve and it killed her. <gasps> Can you imagine? It like caused like a, it is some kind of like brain something or other, an aneurysm, I think. Something I like that. I am so sorry. It's scary. So I like to warn people <laughs> about like, chiropractors to be fair the reason that i went to the chiropractor and also i should say for the listener this is the second uh date that we've had to record this because the first date that we had to record it i had not slept in three straight days so frankly i've not only gone to a chiropractor i've gone to oh my god what is this beautiful creature <laughs> is that Prembly. Is that Prembley or Squee? Oh, this is Prembley. Prembley. Prembley oh, loves to get involved. He loves to get involved. I've also gone to a psychic. I have gone to <laughs> literally every single kind of doctor to, and witch doctor to cure the insomnia. So. Look, I, I do not, I, I, I do not believe in psychics, but I will support your right to go to a psychic. I just warn people <laughs> about chiropractors as a general. Uh, well, that, of course, someone dying from a nerve being pinched will definitely stay with you forever. I heard about a, a woman who ended up paralyzed. You hear these stories, and you know the ones, the stuff that sticks with you, and then it's like, I'm just too scared. I'm just too scared. But can we talk about this insomnia as someone who also famously does not sleep? Now, when you were saying you were up for three straight days, during the day, would you ever, like, would you nap at all? Like, would you get sleepy during the day and lay down or no? It was, like, straight through. You could never yeah, relax. Yeah, straight. Straight. And um, has that happened before, meaning three straight days? 
as opposed to just a knight? Yeah, I mean, to, okay, let me just be clear about what the what the nights look like. So I can fall asleep, typically. I sleep for about two hours, and then I'm awake for about two hours. And then maybe I get another hour, and then I'm awake for another hour. And then maybe I get a little bit more, and I call that a good night's sleep. Uh-huh. And then if I, if I don't get that third installment, then it feels like I have got gasoline running through my veins. I mean, it's, it's what, it's like, it's, it's mental illness. It's total inability to function. And, um, uh, and yeah, the reason that I don't nap is the same reason, according to the chiropractor that I don't sleep at night, which is that I, my adrenal system is so shot that I'm in a constant state of fight or flight. So I, Mm. I, my brain is killing me by staying awake because it's trying to keep me alive. Okay, Jenny. It's so messed up. I know. I know. I know. And the great irony being, I don't hate the pandemic. I'm out. I mean, I'm very, very sorry for all of the people who have gotten sick. But I, I, what I'm saying is it's a very challenging time, but I don't feel like it, I certainly can recognize the incredible gaping chasm between what my brain thinks and actually what my circumstances are. Yes. If yeah. the, the thing that I found uh, about this, besi- I, I mean, there is going to be, I said this in therapy yesterday, I'm like, we're all going to be agoraphobics at the end of this. Uh, so besides whatever the repercussions are we're going to see in the future, as an introvert, there is something uh, uh, homey and comforting and nestling about mm-hmm. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That I'm uh, afraid it's enabling. I mean, I we, yes, of we, course. We, we were all agoraphobics. <laughs> the three of us were agoraphobics before this started. Yeah, of course. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting, though. It's like, because I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she was just like, I'm doing great. Honestly, I love it. You know I don't like going out. I don't have to call anybody. No one's expecting anything. And she was literally, like, thriving right now. And I almost, like, I was like, I'm going to punch you through the phone. I was so mad. <laughs> but because I think for me, even though... I feel like, especially in LA, our lives are so, so much more sedentary and, and just like in the house than we ever were in New York. So in some ways I was like already used to that, but I didn't like it. I've never liked it. You know, it's like, I, even like when I lay around all day, sometimes, you know, Andy's like, well, just lay, just lay around today and then you'll be back at it tomorrow. Take like, a sick day. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. But it's like, I could take a sick day every single day. Like the only thing that gets me active is something that someone else is asking of me. It's mm. never self-motivated. Like if there's a deadline, a meeting, a call, or this something I've already agreed to do is the only reason I will show up for stuff. And do if, you identify as having depression? Sure, of course. Hello, oh, okay. depression yeah. mode. Okay. Depression mode all day, every day. Um, and I'm even How honey. You, I'm on my Lexapro Wellbutrin, and it's not even. I don't feel like it's not doing anything. But I also don't know. You know, I always am like, this isn't doing anything. And of course, the doctor's like, okay, you're not going to become a new person. It's just supposed to like give mm. you space to like deal with shit. You know, a little more. And so, um, but yeah, I just like I don't like it. So it's sort of like, I don't know. On one hand, I guess the feeling is like, well, the whole world's depressed now. You know, welcome to my world. How's your couch feeling? <laughs> Have you put a depression in it yet? You know, just Does, got it real sunk in the middle. Is insomnia, you guys said that you guys both struggle with insomnia as well? Yeah. We, like, neither of us sleep Did normally. Did I just make that up? No, okay. No, because we were... Well, Naomi more than I. Like, Naomi, like, will just not sleep. Whereas I will, um, 
I will do like a couple days where it's only like five, six hours. And I really just function well. I need eight or nine. Well, so it's not the same thing. It's definitely two different levels of it. Well, I just have never been. Re- I, I, I don't remember waking up rest. The last time I woke up rested or with energy, I never sleep through the night. I usually wake up at least once to go to the bathroom, if not twice. And then once I've awoken to do that, it's hard to get back to sleep. Last night I was anxious. I had a lot of anxiety and I could not get rid of it. And I'm just like listening to uh, podcasts and playing Boggle on my phone until easily three something in the morning, at which point you came in from the couch because Andy usually falls asleep on the couch. And then once he's back there and I'm like, oh, I can't like fuck around and toss and turn with another person in the bed, you know? So then I'll like get up or something. I'll try to get up. But then last night, I think I slept about four to eight. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then I was still tired, but I couldn't go back to sleep. And that's the thing that kills me. It's like my brain is on, but my body's not. And it's like, I, I mean, I just feel very tortured by that. Because I'm like, I want to sleep. <laughs> but I just it's, it's the cruelest form of punishment. What, what kinds of things have you tried? I mean, you know, I've done the melatonin. Um, sometimes I'll take the, what do you like, the Bene- Benadryl. But all that stuff just kind of makes me so groggy the next day. Again, I'm not waking up rested. I, you know, tried the whole power down, be in the dark, no devices. I have like a blue light filter on my phone, so it's not so intense. You know, I've tried it, trust me. Now I'm back to my fucking devices, but like I don't do social media at night now. Andy really had to impress upon me no more like Twitter after nine. Twitter is a hellscape. You don't go on Twitter to, to, to read jokes anymore. You go on Twitter to see people... Uh, give you awful news about right. the state of the world. Right. So it's just like what fresh hell. So I don't do that, but like, I don't know. And I think maybe I do. That's why I was like, I was saying to Andy a few days ago where I was like, will you try running with me? Like I need, I've never, I've never been a runner. Oh my I'm God. Not now actress, I'm, but I wonder. I'm genuinely worried. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so, Hello. So sorry. Wait, you're genuinely worried because she said she wanted to exercise? Yes, yes. It just, it feels very, it doesn't feel on brand to me. And exactly. I'm a little concerned. Exactly. <laughs> but that's how bad it's gotten. That's how bad the weight gain has gotten. That's how bad the, like, feeling stir crazy has gotten. That I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe if I, like, run. And look, right, we all know, like, I'm not going to be good at it. And so when I say run, it's like, as we said, go around the block. But will simply going around the block tire me out to the point where I then fall asleep like a normal person? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm wondering. At first, maybe. I mean, I, I think that there's maybe also something to exercising in the evening so that your cortisol, what it sounds like to me is you're exhausted during the day and totally awake at night. And yes. it, that's, that's what they say happens in adrenal fatigue. So you're supposed to wake up with your cortisol being high and then it's supposed to kind of slowly go, go down. down over the course of the day. And, and people who have adrenal fatigue, it's, it's the opposite. And so it was once recommended to me that I exercise in the evening so that it spike and then drop i don't know i keep a list of the things that i've tried just mostly just because i'm i'm proud of it but i do have a a hack uh the canadians have figured it out what they're okay i'm gonna tell you guys this and i i'm almost afraid because i i having found a solution it's almost like something i feel like i have to hoard because i'm afraid everyone's going to go buy it and there won't be any left for me (laughs) there is um a Canadian form of Dramamine called Gravol, and it's 
obviously it's designed for motion sickness, but it's off-brand use is that it sustains sleep cycles. And I'm not kidding. I can sleep on this stuff. I did become sort of too, um, my system got too used to it and I had to take a break and, and the break almost killed me. But it, it <laughs> also because it's Canada, because it's Canada, they have a higher standard of the things that they let get through their, you know, drug. Yeah, their FDA. Whatever they, yeah. Uh, their FDA, yeah. Um, grab all, you can get it on Amazon. You don't even have to do anything shady. Do you literally mean it almost killed you or you just meant it as a figurative kind of? No, I don't mean it almost killed me. I mean my sleep went back to being total trash where I'm like literally boofing 2,000 milligrams of theanine every night and like waking up and chugging melatonin every 90 minutes. Yeah. I think you know, boofing. A, yeah, <laughs> take, boofing. Classic take, boofing. Yeah, you know, boofing. I was, yeah. I was literally going to say, I'm like, I'm like, and on that boofing note, why don't we take a quick break <laughs> and answer some relationship questions? Hey everyone, Naomi here, taking a quick break from the lovely Genevieve to tell you a few things. We love that you listen to the show, and if you would like to support the show, you can do so in several wonderful ways. One of them is Patreon. For $5, you can sign up to the Patreon, you get two extra episodes a month, and a whole mess of bonus material. So much good stuff, honey. Just goodies on goodies. So if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. Also, if you want to wear your love for the show, you can go to couplestherapy.merchnow.com and you can buy t-shirts. We got a Gata Misovich tee and we got the Couples Therapy logo. Yes, and I'd like to do some more t-shirts in the future. We'll see what uh, our brains can design. Exactly. <laughs> and now also, guys, if you don't want to spend a dime but you still want to show some love, you can do that too. Go wherever you get your pods. Mostly Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I think they're the big ones. Yes. And I want you to rate, review, subscribe. Five stars, baby. Yeah. It actually really helps. So if you have, like, if you're at work or you're bored at home and you have, like, two minutes. Yeah. If you can give us five five stars. And then say, love them both. LOL. Maybe that undermines it. Just, you know what, honestly, improvise, okay? Come up with something dynamic and tender. But that is a wonderful way to support the show if you feel like it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm done asking you for things. I love you so much. I'm back to Genevieve. And we're back, Genevieve. Uh, now that we know a lot about you and also uh, you and Naomi's sleep cycles, <laughs> we get we get DMs. We get VMs. We get uh, GMs, which are Gmails. Uh Advice questions, and uh, you too can call in if you'd like to, 323-524-7839, or send us a DM. This one comes to us anonymous on Instagram uh, from earlier in July. Hi, Naomi and Andy. Huge fan of the pod and both of your work. I love that you keep in the compliment. You're probably inundated with questions because quar, but I am in need of relationship advice. So I met my boyfriend on a birthright Israel trip just over two years ago. He was an IDF soldier. My God. And I, a recent college grad, film school, so obviously I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And though it felt like falling for Israeli propaganda, which is what the birthright trips are, uh, he's an amazing, sweet, and sensitive guy, and I liked him off the bat. Over the next six months, we traveled to meet in other countries and kept in contact long distance, sharing crazy experiences in Mexico, Germany, and France. Ooh, international love. Still without a job, I decided to move to Tel Aviv to be with him. 
Things were amazing at first, but after a year, I don't love my job and have struggled to make friends. I was going to start learning Hebrew, but classes were canceled with the start of the pandemic. My mental health hasn't been great, and it's taken a toll on us. I haven't been back to the States in a year or so, so I decided on a whim to come back to see friends and family. Before I left, we had some hard talks, and as he's worried, I'm not happy there, and I want to move back to the States, which would end our relationship as he's just starting school and would be in Israel at least three more years. After being home a few days and experiencing things I've missed, I made the mistake of calling him and suddenly breaking it off. <gasps> I wasn't thinking at all and chalk it up to my anxiety since I'm lost career-wise and don't know if I want to move back or not. So I think it was easier for my brain to make a decision rather than live in the unknown. Uh, almost immediately after I completely regret it, uh, I've been a mess. He's willing to talk but doesn't want to get back together since I think in his head it doesn't make sense if I'm just going to decide again that I want to move back here. How? Okay, here's the, here's the question. How do I win him back? Mm. How do I win him back? I can't imagine life without him now and really don't want to. My oh. therapist suggested it's because I just don't want to be alone, but I don't believe that. Sorry for the literal novel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. And smiley emoji. I have How, strong feelings. Uh, Genevieve, yeah, you go first, yeah. and I also have a question for you then, but I want to oh. hear your thoughts. Stop, start, go ahead with the question. Have you ever uh, broken up with someone, either through your form, text or not, <laughs> and regretted it, and then tr and then uh, gone back and asked them out again or something? So this is how breakups work. Breakups happen like this, where you have conviction about something, you break up with a person, you experience a moment of relief because um, you're free of the thing that was, for whatever reason, not working for you. And then as a very natural part of mourning, a wall comes down where it feels like tons and tons and tons of buried love and emotions for this person that for some reason you couldn't access when you were unhappy in the relationship <laughs> spill out of you and drown you for uh, many days one day a day here and there weeks that is 100% normal and I think that the only appropriate thing to do is to stop acting so quickly um, and that it, in fact it's the impulsiveness and the trying to the trying to fix it that's keeping this person from any clarity. That being said, I also think that the real problem is the fact that she doesn't, I assumed she, I don't know. Are we talking about a, a man or a woman? Uh, or I'm not sure non, about their gender. Non-identifying. All right. Let's just say the they. Per, they, they. So they don't have a job. And I think that in any uh, circumstance where um, a person is not carrying a basket that is varied, that has the the flowers and the apples and you know the the <laughs> farmer's market eggs what just just one thing is not going to um is not going to work and it, it i i feel like that person was um the the soldier was the only um solid thing but that doesn't mean the only um the only right thing well, right. I think, well, it's interesting because I do, I assume, again, I also, my thing is this person is young. Yeah. And I so remember, just because recent college grad, birthright, you have to be under 26 to go on birthright anyway, don't you? Yeah, I, something I, like that. So at the, ver at the very oldest, she's 26. But my point is like, 
you know, you go on this trip for what, 10 days, you meet somebody and you have a whirlwind international love, you make these memories. This is in no way to invalidate uh, or under the relationship or what you had. But I say all that to say, of course you miss him. But mm. just because you miss somebody doesn't mean you should be with them. Just because, you know, you can't imagine your life without somebody doesn't mean you should be in a relationship with them. I can't imagine most shit. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't imagine my life without him. Girl, you living your life without him right now. What? What? There's no more imagine. Like, you're literally across the world navigating through life, and this person is not by your side. So that's it. You've already done it. There's nothing to imagine. Um, or imagine what you were like before you went to birthright. So it's nothing, you know, that is not to say that it's not hard, but it doesn't mean that, like, that should be your per- that doesn't necessarily mean it's your person i do agree with you though i'm like i'm like to go home and like two day, two three days in be like we're breaking up i'm like okay honey you're just you just got excited that people could there, understand you when you spoke but it's also it's, very you to it seems the dynamic of chasing this soldier that person found soul. the soldier like ran all over the world not just this country but other countries to find the soldier then moved for the soldier then broke up with the soldier and now wants to chase the soldier back and i think that there is um, there's something very like fulfilling and productive in the idea of a chase at the end of which is a solution. And I don't think that this person felt the solution in advance of it. And I, I don't know why they expect there to be a solution on the on the other side of it. To say nothing of, um, you know, if he doesn't understand that this person was, um, you know, dissatisfied by not having friends and not having a job and would therefore maybe consider breaking up based on those things. I feel like his ego is pretty fragile to like make it so much about him that he's like, I mean, of course it's about him, but you know, that he wouldn't have some compassion, some compassion for, um, the, the writer, the caller. It, but then it's true. The soldier also like, he knows I'm, he's worried. I'm not happy. Cause I was very caught as soon as, as soon as they said like, I was thinking of learning Hebrew, or I was about to start learning Hebrew. I'm like, honey, you should have done that shit on the plane ride over there. Like, you, because it's, because, like, it's, I've, I've always been afraid of moving for a, for a guy, for a partner, a bitch, because that person would automatically become your world. Because yeah. you're in a new place, and they're your conduit. And it's, like, would be very, very stressful to me. Andy, what do you think? Sorry, I was in my head right now, just imagining you going, Brooke, I don't know it, bitch. <laughs> That's correct, Andy. That is me. Thank that, you for seeing me. So that's where I was. I, uh, well, um, I, well, the question is, how do I win him back? You guys are saying, don't. Don't. Uh-huh. Genevieve is saying, this is just, uh, you're in some, one of the phases of Dabda. And, uh, <laughs> well, I think sit, sit with the feelings and, and see who you are for holding these feelings for a month. Yes, I get that. That's that's something uh, my uh, my therapist out here has been pushing me to do because I think I grew up in a way uh, in a way where like the minute I had a bad feeling, I would want to discharge it immediately. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm-hmm. "No, sit with it. You have to learn how to have bad feelings and have them in your body. And uh, w- once you do that, you will be healthier, as opposed to immediately like doing whatever. Like if Naomi and I would get in a fight, I think for uh, the first. I don't know how many years I would immediately want to have like, no, we have to reconcile this fight. We have to like figure this out right now instead Mm. of like, just let it go. And, you know, 
see it, what happens, you know, in 12 hours. That's so interesting because you, to me, are, yeah, I feel, I still feel like you are the reconciler. I, I feel like only in the last couple of years have I even been like, you know what, let him be mad. Not in a, like, fuck you way, but, like, not running to try to, like, make you not mad at me. You know, it's like, he could be mad at me, but I think it took me a lot of years to be comfortable enough in our relationship to trust that you weren't going to leave in the night or that every fight wasn't going to, you know what I mean? Right. Like that it wasn't going to be like a pu- pushing away. Right. Well, I think that's also part of it where like the fear is, uh oh, this, this argument is going to, is uh, the, uh, the crack in the wall. Right. And right, so, right, right. and that's why it had to be immediately rectified. Right. And it's like, no. <laughs> Were you like that, Genevieve, like with certain with certain dudes? Because I remember at one point you were with an older gentleman, not like freakishly older, but like someone where like they were older and like had it more together at a time when you were like figuring it out. Was there ever like power? I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm dying to know who you're talking about. I mean, there have been several. How? Or are you talking into the chat? Oh, yep, sure. No, I had a feeling. Yeah. Uh, were there ever power games? Or, you, or were you constantly, or it's like, you know, you wanted him to not, you know, you fight the way any couple fights, and you're like, don't be mad, don't be mad. How much you know? older was this person first? Four, four years? Here's the thing. <laughs> self, self-blame self is the greatest form of control. If you think that it's, um, if I think that it's my fault that a situation isn't going right, then the solution lies within me. And I think that this is something that... Uh, is like an incredible coping mechanism for children that that gets held onto and is and expressed in these kind of less appropriate ways where it's because the alternative to um I'm bad it's my fault I messed something up is m- even more chaotic which is I don't know if this is the right person for me therefore I don't know who the right person is therefore I- I'm on my own and I kind of just have to trust yeah. um and so I've always been a self-blamer because I, I sort of feel like if I'm, I'm just so great at working on myself. Like if I can just work on myself a little harder, then this will all work out and I don't have to be, you know, lonely and vulnerable. Um, right. But but setting that aside has sort of been my, has been my work lately of like, maybe my intuition is right. Maybe I'm totally great. And maybe the chaos is like inevitable and either I postpone it by self-blaming and controlling or I put my arms around it and I run right into it. Oh my God. Um, Yes. Yeah. But that's what I was saying before, like earlier, maybe inarticulately, but like this idea of like, we tend to like, it's our, it's essentializes it. It's about me or it's about this other person as opposed to the way we are. It is an interaction. Yes. It is all. The interaction. It is all a dance. Yes, girl. (laughs) You got another question for us, Andy? Yes. I got. Wait, I want to hear from that that reader because um, th- I assume that this person has figured it out in the last five weeks. I want to know what happened. We need to find yes. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Please write in and let us know what's going on. Uh, win him back. I don't know. Send him a uh, hummus bagel. <laughs> hummus bagel. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, Jesus, Andrew. I'm Ashkenazi. I really don't know my. Wait, do I don't know what my Sephardic cousins enjoy. <laughs> Can you really not get by without Hebrew in Israel? Maybe Tel Aviv just because it's a big city. But, like, that's what I mean. I'm like, you can't. Some people might talk to you, but it's like, come on, you got to be able to do the basics. <laughs> yeah, I've never wanted to go. When I was a kid, there were, like, bombings all the time. And so I'm like, I'm not going there. And then as an adult, for political reasons, I don't want to. And so. Thank you yeah. for making sure we knew that. Continue. <laughs> What's the next question? Uh, this comes to us anonymous uh, 
also uh, from Instagram and uh, from the middle of uh, July. Hi, guys. Since you are and talk to lots of comedians, I was wondering, wondering if you uh, or your guests had a light slash funny way to share with someone you are interested in dating that you don't drink because you're in recovery. Lots of people in my Pacific Islander fam are alcoholics, and I definitely caught that gene. I am 18 months sober, yay, but have yet to have a cute way to say, hey, I aced rehab and remain equal parts proud and awkward about my sobriety. I'd love to meet someone wonderful and do cool couple things with them, but I just can't risk drinking. I realize this might be more of a therapist question, but she gives me more Brene Brown type recommendations <laughs> that are not terribly hot. If you have guests in recovery, it'd be awesome to get their take. Love your show so much. Oh, that's a good cue. That's a good cue. That's a great cue. I have thoughts, but I spoke first last time. No, no you're our you're, guest. You're the guest. You must Please always speak. speak first My thoughts, every time. Two things. First of all, when you tell people you don't drink, people are so relieved because a lot of the time, a lot of the time I found that people only drink on dates and they actually like we're getting older. They don't really want to like feel hungover, lousy the next day. So they're kind of like, great, I don't have to drink. Mm -hmm. And there's also this way that like people um, feel, I don't know, when you're talking to someone who's in recovery, just to be clear, I'm in recovery. I'm, I'm not in recovery for, for alcoholism, but I, I generally don't drink. And there's this way that like when you're around someone who identifies as an alcoholic, it's like it allows you to be your most honest, authentic self oh, in a way that's kind of yes. exciting. It sort of escalates the intimacy, I think. But then the, the other thing I would say is that, like, what if it's not about um, a cool and fun way for how to tell the other person that you don't drink to control their reaction, but what if it's about, like, you thinking that it's cool and fun that you don't drink? Like, what if it's about your own your own appreciation of, like, how cool and fun you are and, and really coming to terms with, like, what what you think about that so that it's not like that it's about your experience of yourself as opposed to trying to control their definition of you i think also like i've also i also know like the people who have a problem with you not drinking have their own problems so thousand percent anybody you run up against who does have a problem with you not like because that's the thing whether they drink or not like people who don't have a problem with alcohol don't care either way it's like i'm like cool cool okay bye you know and then, and I also think when you are meeting someone and dating them, it's also to make it safe. Then you should, should, should suggest the first couple dates, making sure you're not meeting at a bar. Like, don't give yourself the headache. Go-karts. Go-karts. I mean, what did you say to me? You were like, let's get milkshakes. Like, it that was, was like my, very, like, yes. go to a diner. Like, you can do whatever to kind of get around that. Because the thing was when I, like, there was a point I got to, I just don't like alcohol. I don't, I'm not in recovery. I just right. don't like the taste of it. Yeah, I don't like, peanut. yeah, I don't like the feeling really. And what'd you say? Precious peanut. Which would Jenna, Jenna yeah, precious you? peanut. You're the most that. precious peanut. I forgot <laughs> about that. And it's, there was a point, like, uh, for a long time, I had, I had thought, well, I still have to, like, follow the rules of culture, which are, like, if you go on a date, you have to ask, do you want to go out for a drink? Do you want right, to go out? Right, if right. I, even in this fucking business, there's this kind of thing of, like, where, like, if you're going to, like, meet um, an agent or someone out in the world that it's to get a drink or something like that. And I had to like really like I, I, at some point, I think this is, you know, what allowed this relationship to flourish was I was just like, no, I'm going to say, like, I don't like alcohol. 
I don't, <laughs> I've never done a drug in my life. I, the, here's the stuff I like. Right. I like watching Buffy and Stranger <laughs> the Candy. I like milkshakes. Yes. And mozzarella sticks. Mike and Ike's and mozzarella sticks. Yep. The Mozzie M's. sticks. The three M's. The Beckerman M's. Yeah. And let's do stuff that like, you know, uh, uh, let's do stuff that revolves around that. Let's go eat cupcakes. Let's do those kinds Whoa, of things. Whoa, God, we did eat too, we do eat too much. Um, but, but like, also, I remember I used to say stuff like, I, I mean, and you said like, yeah, of course, I'm a comedian. I'm more inclined to joke. But I would always be kind of glib about it in an initial interaction or a group interaction with somebody who I didn't really know. And I'm not going to say that. But I'd always be like, huh, like, I'm a guy's like, you're not drinking? I'm like, honey, you better be glad I'm not drinking. Because if I was drinking, you'd be pregnant. You know, like that's what I used to kind of say, <laughs> or like you would just be like, like, cause that's, cause that's, that's the truth of it. When you're like, I'm, I definitely caught that gene. I'm 18 months sober. It's like, you know who you are when you, when you drank, you know, you know who you were. And so it's like, so that's, I was like, honey, you better be glad I'm not drinking. If someone's giving me, giving me a hard time, it's like, babe, you don't want to see me drunk. Cause something's going to happen. Oh my God. Jack Lemon, the dog is I know he's always upstaging me. I just think, um, I think that you're not going to have to convince the right person for you to want to be with you and that oh, you're yeah. not going to be like, you're, it's not, you're not going to be able to scare that person away. It's not someone who is so um, easily turned off by someone who doesn't drink is not your person. The other thing I have to say is, and this is just for anyone, I think maybe this is about like, what do you do before you go on the date so that you feel like Never leave the house be- until you feel like I am absolutely ready to leave this house. I have been dancing. <laughs> I have been masturbating. I have been doing whatever it is. I'm no. dancing and masturbating. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm going to do whatever it is so that I feel loose and freaky <laughs> and fun. And I am so enjoying myself that like I'm not worried about like tricking the other person into thinking I'm cute. You know? right, like, right, right, right. Well, I think, t- but it's also like don't be afraid. Because there's a difference. There's one thing to say. I don't want to drink. And there's another thing to say, hey, I'm 18 months sober. And that may be a conversation you don't want to have on the first date because you don't know this person yet. But you can, you should be able to get through any two-hour meeting with somebody being like, oh, yeah, I'm not drinking tonight. Or or not even that tonight. Don't even leave them to believe you drink sometimes. They, oh, no, I don't want I don't want anything. Like, you should be able to do that, meaning, like, that should be your right as a human <laughs> to, like, not drink for two fucking hours while you hang absolutely, out with somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I drink sometimes, but most of the time I just have sparkling water. And when people ask me why, I tell them the truth, which is that alcohol kind of makes me feel bad. Right. And that's right. it. And but that's... That's the other thing. Have a drink that you enjoy. I remember I used to go to parties in college or maybe post-college. I would have... I mean, this is terrible, but I would take a half gallon of uh, either Turkey Hill iced tea or Clover Farms oh iced tea, where, oh depending on God. where I was I in, in uh, Pennsylvania. I could see you half gal. And just drink from that all night. <laughs> because I, it is, I, I, at some point, I actually started telling people I was in recovery because I was sick of them asking why I was not drinking. Really? And that would usually, uh, that would also shut down the conversation. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. almost <laughs> weirder. I feel like it's almost harder for Andy because it's like, at least if you're in recovery, you can be like, well, I'm in recovery, but like, right. Andy, why don't you drink? I know. <laughs> I feel well, like that's I, a bigger, well, that's a well, bigger I'm a explanation. Freak. I'm a control yeah. freak that needs to be uh, in complete control of my reality at all times. Well, when you said you were like, I never drink, I don't drink for the first time. Obviously, I was joking with you, but I said, I was like, because you were like, I don't like the taste. I was like, okay, then ha- who cares? How do you feel pretty? Like, that was the first thing I said to him when he said he didn't drink because I was just like, no, 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 none of us, I don't know how many of us are really here for the refreshing taste of burning. 
you know? And so, but I was like, it's so about like, you know, I guess, you know, so medicinal. <laughs> but I You're like, like, Naomi, you're like, I've literally never worn a comfortable work pair of shoes, but I still leave the house. What are you talking what are you about? Saying? I think it's a very big deal that um, the listener has 18 months sober, and I just want to say that's really awesome. Yeah. And that's also really awesome out. that you've been able to uh, not date. But also, like, where's the person writing in from? No one drinks. No one in L.A. drinks. People don't drink. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Well, I will say, though, people people don't drink as much, I think, as we get older, right? Or at least in our circles. But the, when you're talking about bringing your own drink... I have definitely, we've been to too many fucking house parties, and this is the thing with, like, L.A., everybody being, like, so, like, health conscious and trying to be cute. I've gone to too many parties where my only option is a fucking LaCroix. Like, and I understand people love LaCroix, but I'm like, can I even, can I put in a splash of crayon? Can I get a little flavor? And, like, I would never do that to you. And, like, there's too parties where it would just be, like, water or a LaCroix, and it's like, I want a flavor of something. I don't, and it, or alcohol, right? Like, those are your options. And I'm like, can I get... Like, if you're having lemonade. a party, get a couple jugs of Trader Joe's low-cal lemonade with stevia. I love making a sparkling. You know what I mean? Like if you have a seltzer and then you give me a couple, honey, I'm in business. A little, I like flavor. I don't want it to be that like you know chemically essence of a mango. I know well, you're having anyone, a LaCroix. You're having a LaCroix. No, no, no. Anyone who's ever been to my house knows that I am thick with Diet Dr. Hansen's. Uh, <laughs> no, Diet Hansen's. Diet Hansen's ginger ale. I have as much of that as I have water in my tap. Uh, yes. So what, the, uh, what are we saying? The advice, be forthright. and Or you don't I, have to be on the first date. Is that what we're all saying? You don't have to be forthright on the first date if you don't want to. But more than that, you need to be comfortable with not yes. drinking. And put yourself in a position, like, li- like literally position, meaning an event, a place where you're comfy, where drinking is not an option. You know, 18 months, it's still very precious, honey. It's, you're still this early is not days. a shortcoming. I'm sorry to speak it's not. over you. No, it's not. This is not a shortcoming. This is an asset. This is mm-hmm. amazing about you. You are doing the hard work on yourself. Frankly, what is this person bringing to the table? Is that person working on themselves? They should, how are they going to impress you? Exactly. Exactly. You have to do you, okay? That was like almost a mic drop, Genevieve. You're just like, <laughs> yep. <there. laughs> uh, oh. Genevieve, what a what a healing time! What a healing time! Oh, opening the door to the divine is what remember, I feel like we did. Remember when you guys were a comedy podcast and people laughed? <laughs> I feel like well, I've been taking you down a very dark road. You know, I love the real, and so do our listeners. I think our listeners are very sensitive inside people who understand. They inside understand. people. Inside people. <laughs> They sensitive indoor kids. Sensitive indoor kids. <laughs> so I'm right. like, definitely. Um, Our listeners right. know how to beat Metroid. <laughs> Genevieve, thank you so much. Yeah, thank we you. will talk thank to you, you again soon. And listeners, we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.